are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday. And no, we're not going to talk lottery odds because I'm an idiot and I had my weeks wrong. Uh, I have them indexed around a certain event that I thought was next week. It turns out it's this week. I got all confused. There's no draft lottery tonight is the short of it. So we're not going to dive into the lottery odds and talk about where the Pelicans might be drafting. That's all going to be next week. So my bad. Instead, we're just going to focus on Zion Williamson all day long, like we did with the Lonzo Ball show yesterday. This is going to be the Zion Williamson show. We're going to recap his season. We're going to look at what really went well, and then we're going to look at what's next for him and this Pelicans roster and what they need to do. So let's dive into the Zion edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Game of the Week coming up later in the episode. So Zion Williamson, what is there really to say, right? Like we know, point Zion, we, we know that one. Just a guy who set all kinds of records, we know that one too. Guy was a first-time All-Star despite playing under 82 games in his whole career up until that point. We know that he's at 85 games now. What else do you need to really say about the 20-year-old phenom who live, is, is living up to all of the hype as the number one overall draft pick? On the season, he was excellent. 27 points, 7 re, 7.2 rebounds, and 3.7 assists. He shot from the field 61.1%. Those are absolutely insane numbers. He was just outstanding this year. And when looking at Zion Williamson clearly the cornerstone of the franchise. This season, though, there's a pre and a post, a before and an after. There's the first 15 games of the season, then there's everything else that came after that. First 15 games of the year through January 27th, you had a guy who was averaging 23.9 points per game, 7.5 rebounds, and 1.9 assists, along with a steal per game, shooting 59% from the field. Getting to the line seven and a half times, shooting 67% there. All of those numbers are really good. Like really, really, really good numbers. But then on January 29th, the Pelicans used him, Stan Van Gundy used him in a bit of a different way. And this was against the Milwaukee Bucks. And in that game, Zion Williamson put up 21 points, uh, nine rebounds, and seven assists. And it was the start of point Zion. For the rest of the way, 46 games of the Point Zion experience, he jumped his numbers up 28 points per game, 7.2 rebounds, 4.3 assists, a steal, 0.7 blocks. He got to the line nine times per game, shot 70.4% there, and shot 61.8% from the field overall. And he scored those 28 points on 17.3 shot attempts. He was Truly, truly outstanding, and that's a big part of the reason why he became an all-star this year. Those numbers are absolutely insane. No one could stop him. Down low, at the top of the key, whatever it was, the focal point of defense is they walled him off. Doesn't matter. He's got that quick spin move going to his left. He needs to learn to finish a little bit better with his right hand, and we'll touch on that. Going to his left, he has this uncanny ability to finish around the rim 
like a guard. The way he can move his body, the way he can shield himself from contact at times too. He's capable of scoring when you get him the ball and get him a little bit of head of steam. And that's why you saw him used out there on the perimeter or at the top of the key, at the top of the free throw line, something like that to get him moving downhill. Because for a dude who's 6'7 and weighs whatever it is he weighs, he is so unbelievably fast and so unbelievably skilled and his handle doesn't really seem like that of a big. And he's capable of scoring like Kyrie Irving. That's the, that's the best comp. He finishes like a guard at the rim, not like a big man. Yes, he can post up, and he did that almost exclusively last season, his rookie year, playing with his back to the basket, and he was an unbelievably efficient post scorer. Post-ups are really not what you want to do in the modern NBA. They have a bad point per possession, and they're one of the more inefficient shots that you can have. Except Zion was so damn good at it. And then he took his game to another level, showing off the point Zion roll. And for all of you who dislike Stan Van Gundy, and I didn't think Stan Van Gundy was good this past season, he did figure out the point Zion stuff. That's a pretty big feather in his cap and something that was maybe the most important development for the team this year. Seeing Zion average those 4.3 assists, and he had a number of games when he got to 6, 7, 8, things like that, he changes the way that this team can be built. He had three games of eight assists or more. He had four games with seven assists. That's absolutely insane for a dude of his stature that is this young in the league. It took Nikola Jokic a couple of years to get to the point where he's doing some of the passing that we've seen from him that made him an MVP this year. And when you look at Zion Williamson, no one is really capable of of matching with him, and he's a, night, a nightmare for teams. He had 24 games of five or more assists, and the Pelicans were 16-8 and eight in those games. That's exactly what you want to see out of him. Zion, not a perfect ball handler, not necessarily a primary ball handler, and we'll get into some of the numbers coming up here in just a second on all of this, kind of like what we did with Lonzo Ball. But there's really not a whole lot to complain about him. Man, Zion is just awesome. He's the first player in the last 30 plus years, by the way, who averaged 25 or more points per game on 60% shooting from the field. That's an insane thing. It's just him. You often hear David Griffin when referring to him say he was one of, he's a guy who is one of one. And that is very, very true with what we saw from him. And it's why he was an all-star. It's why he's going to look to be a lock um, for an all-NBA team in the future. And he might make it this year. And I'm excited to be able to see what this guy can really grow into with another off-season of work and continuing to stay in shape and grow his game because it's going to be truly special. So coming up next, let's get into some of the numbers on the things that he's good at. Why did also Point Zion work so well? And then in the third segment, what's it mean for the team going forward? But before we get to that, we have to look at the Michelob Ultra Game of the Week. I wanted to pick a game that was fun this season, right? That kind of goes through all of the things that Michelob says. Enjoyment, happiness, joy, a game that brings you that. And it's really one game that comes into mind. And by the way, it was Zion Williamson's most complete and probably best game overall this season. We got to go back to April 9th, 2021, the Pelicans taking on the Philadelphia 76ers in the Smoothie King Center, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, which is what that team finished with. And Zion Williamson, in a win for New Orleans, goes for 37 points, 15 rebounds, and eight assists, tying his career high. 15 of 28 from the field, 54%. 
He was outstanding in this game, a 101-94 win for the Pelicans, showing off everything. Point Zion, scoring, being a big man and grabbing rebounds, something that's been a bit of a struggle since he's slightly undersized at times for him. Not this game. He really took it to the Philadelphia 76ers, and it managed to get the Pelicans a win. And it ended up being the catalyst for a three-game winning streak for New Orleans. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, right? He was out there having fun, and they got the win, and that is the most important thing. Joel Embiid, bad game. He wasn't having fun out there. But Pelicans fans were. You could enjoy the game that Zion was having. You could enjoy the win. That's so important because enjoyment isn't the end game. It is the whole game. And it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Well, yeah, you can enjoy a Michelob Ultra. And that's why Zion's best game, the game of the week. All right, continuing the season review of Zion Williamson, who had just an absolutely monster year, all-star year. He's likely going to be on an all-NBA team, or at least come really, really close, which for a dude who's only played 85 games, I think it's awesome and had his role really change after the first 15 games and then continued a high level of play over the final 42 games that he played this season. He, he was awesome last year, but let's talk about why the Point Zion experience worked so unbelievably well. But there's also a couple areas that struggles, which we'll get into the next segment, too. And that also kind of informs the what, what's next part of it, right? Like, what, what do you guys do? You guys, what do the Pelicans do going forward kind of thing? So one thing that I think inspired some of the change to go to Point Zion. One, this is clearly something that Dan Van Gundy had on his mind for a really long time. After the season, we heard David Griffin say that they interviewed something like 11 candidates and Stan Van Gundy was the only one who mentioned using Zion as a point guard and a point forward kind of role. And look, Zion should not be a pure point guard. He should not be your primary ball handler all of the time. He He's in fact probably closer to a secondary ball handler. When you look at the assist percentage, so this is the uh, percentage of teammate field goals a player assisted on while they were on the floor. Lonzo Ball led the team at 25.4%. So basically he assisted on a quarter of the team's makes whenever he was out there on the court. Brandon Ingram was second, 22.4, ahead of Zion Williamson. And Zion was at 19.7, third best on the team. Kyra Lewis Jr. comes in next at 18.7. So a percentage behind Zion. So Zion's essentially adding to one of every five assists or so. You know, he is assisting on one out of every five makes. Chris Paul, by the way, this past season was 40% with the Phoenix Suns when he was out there on the court. He, I think Zion Williamson is a little bit closer in terms of a playmaker, in terms of percentage, and the role that they filled to Devin Booker, who was a shade above him at like 20.3%. So they're essentially a half percent difference. It's the same thing. And you saw Booker be more of a secondary ball handler, you know, kind of creator that way, I think. And that's kind of what you see Zion Williamson's role being. You still need some other guards there. He can't be the dude who's trying to get 40% assists or something like that. It needs to have some of that slack picked up by other guys. And I think they have one in Brandon Ingram, who we saw, especially last year, kind of run as a point forward. And if they add another one or keep Lonzo Ball or lose Lonzo Ball and replace him, I think that kind of fixes that problem. You can run kind of with three secondary guys, and eventually that kind of adds up to more than one. I think you guys kind of see what I'm saying. So why did this work so well? And why, when they switched to this, did the Pelicans' offense completely take off? They had struggled with offense throughout the beginning part of the year, and then Point Zion completely turned it around. Well, it's because it makes it so much tougher for a defense to game plan. 
You know, when you saw Zion working without the ball in his hands, how many possessions would there be where they just didn't get him a touch? He was stuck on the perimeter or he was down low and they couldn't make an entry pass to him. He's in the post trying to kind of fight for a position, sealing off his man or struggling to do so, and they couldn't get him the ball. Well, he becomes a whole lot easier to defend when he doesn't have the ball. You can follow around with him off ball, right? He can sometimes get a little bit lazy and just stand in one spot. We saw this at the end of games or the beginning part of the year, right? They wouldn't get Zion a touch at the end of a game in crunch time, those final five minutes when it's five points or less, right? They weren't able to do that. Well, if you just put the ball in his hands and let him bring the ball up the court, that eliminates that whole problem. Now, all of a sudden, the defense really needs to account for him and what he's capable of doing. Is it scoring? Is it passing? And the numbers kind of bear this out, and it, it worked effectively. You can look at it in terms of the tracking data from NBA.com in terms of his touches and kind of time of possession and dribbles per touch and all of that. Leading up to the Point Zion game, before he had that, you saw, let me, let me pull him here, his average uh, touches per game was 54.4. He would touch the ball for about 2.3 seconds every time he got it, and he would take one and a half dribbles per touch. So he wasn't holding on to the ball a whole lot. He got the ball of actually about two minutes of game time or so. Once the point Zion experiment then really started, his touches jumped up to 66.7, so 67 per game. That's an increase of about 13 or so. So he's getting the ball more in his hands. He's touching the ball for 3.58 seconds per touch. So he's holding on to the ball longer. And he's dribbling now with the ball in his hands three times versus one and a half before. Those are all really significant numbers. And his time of possession with the ball in his hands jumped up to about four minutes total. It's a lot when you really think about it, right? Of a 48-minute game and he had the ball in his hands for four whole minutes of it. Defenses... Need to be aware of whatever he could do because he can score, he can put the ball on the court and dribble and attack, and he can pass. And by putting the ball in his hands, defenses have to account for him, they have to adjust, and it just makes their life harder. He is the threat, right? He's more of a threat when he has the ball in his hands because no one in the league can score like he does. And so that really kind of changed the way things work. You can look at the drive numbers too. We love these things. We talked about these with Lonzo Ball. This is kind of getting a guy going downhill, attacking the basket. Before the Point Zion experiment, 8.7 drives per game. He passed on 22.3% of those. Once the Point Zion experiment experiment experience, I think it's probably the best way to put it, really went into effect. 14.7, or sorry, 14.3 drives per game. So he jumped up about six more drives per game. He passed on those 31.7% of the time. So he started going downhill more often when he's most of a threat, right? That dude go into the rim. You're terrified of that. You were able to, one, get more out of him by just putting the ball in his hands. You couldn't deny him getting the ball if he's bringing it up the court, right? You couldn't just put two guys on him and not let the Pelicans, other players, get him the ball. He had it in his hands. He can just start going towards the rim. And he did it significantly more because he had the ball in his hands. He was an active threat at that point rather than just being a passive participant in the offense. And passing out of that, big. 31.1%. It gets others involved in the offense that way. And so he was creating about an assist per game based off of his drives, meaning other players were getting open looks and they were able to convert on all of that. So the point Zion experience wasn't so much about getting other players involved and creating assist opportunities for them. It was to make just Zion more of a threat to score. 
And the assists and other products of that were just by, or byproducts of it more than anything else. Happy consequences from all of that. And it was by design, of course, but it was because he was such a threat to score that teams would try and wall off the rim and all of that. And that's what created open looks for the rest of the team. It's exactly what Stan Van Gundy probably envisioned, and it worked to perfection. And the Pelicans offense took off with him in this role becoming a more active participant, a more active threat to score in the offense. But there are some downsides to it too. And let's get into that coming up here next on Locked On Pelicans and what that means for the team going forward and how it probably shapes their approach to free agency. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all of the action over at BetOnline. Plus, you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for any sport you want, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. So before the next playoff game, get in on some of the over-unders. You think Trey Young's going to go over or under again? That was a pretty hot one I saw being debated on Twitter in the Atlanta Hawks win over the Philadelphia 76ers. Are you feeling good about Devin Booker and the Suns and whoever they might face in the next round of the playoffs? You can get in on that action too. You just don't want to sit on the sidelines anymore. Make these games a little bit more interesting for these deep playoff runs. So head to the website using your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with betonline.ag using promo code locked on over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Experts. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Have you seen the used car market out there or just the car market out there in general? One, if you can find whatever you want, you're not going to basically really pay anything other than sticker price for it. It's brutal out there. You've just got to keep your car running because you don't want to be in that game right now trying to get a new vehicle and you need a vehicle. There's nothing worse than being stuck without one. So if you want to repair or maintain your car so you don't have to shell out a fortune for a new car, You've got to check out rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everyone. They're always reliably low. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Really that simple. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers. Everything you could want. Engine control module, brake parts, tail lights, motor oil, carpet, whatever it might be for your classic or your daily, daily driver. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, and you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Because best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts. So go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us? box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so we're going to wrap up talking about zion williamson we just went into all of the good with that really came from him being switched to that point zion role but there's some downsides to it and some things the pelicans need to do to truly truly maximize that and i'll let you guys know what that is coming up here in just a second but today it's the road to the finals our nba playoff coverage brought to you by Michelob Ultra. it's only worth it if you enjoy it and at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season we got a series by the way between the 76ers and the atlanta hawks philadelphia loses to the hawks 103 100 the hawks even that up behind well just kind of a big game from john collins you had trey young go for 25 points as well that was a lot of fun and you also got the firkin Korkmaz experience um who a lot of people say look like me maybe i need to update jose calderon to him with 10 points in this one sorry i couldn't make more threes for you guys philadelphia fans but it's a series 
And some of these that we thought were kind of going to be over dead in the water have now become pretty interesting. Also, Joel Embiid 0 for 12 in the second half. That's pretty insane. And he's not healthy and they're going to need him to be healthy. Otherwise, it might be another disappointing year, I think, in uh, Philadelphia with this, with the 76ers. So it's fun to watch these playoff series get a little bit interesting when you thought that they were going to be uh, over and some of these weren't going to be all of that fun. And I'm putting on the Clippers game right now. So I'm recording this at around 930 or so. So that one's just getting underway. I'm excited to watch that over the rest of the night. So there you go. There is the road to the final coverage brought to you by Michelob Ultra. So talking about Zion Williamson's season, we just went over why Point Zion was so damn effective, just making him more of a threat. We also recapped his year so far, being an all-star, a guy who should be on the all-NBA teams, or at least really, really close. So now what going forward? And I think that's really where the big thing is what the Pelicans have to look at with this. So I want to go back and focus on some of his assist numbers, because we know how good those are. But as I've said, the Pelicans didn't really have shooters to make teams pay for a lot of the work that Zion Williamson did out there. You don't need more shooters for him out there on the court to space the court for him, because you know what? Teams are terrified of him. They build walls and try and eliminate him from being able to do the things he does. And By doing that, it means you're going to have open players. So when he kicks out, you need those shooters to make those shots. Unless those guys are 50-plus percent shooters, no team is going to cover them over Zion Williamson. It's it's really that simple. And the Pelicans on the season, 26 in three-point percentage. 25th in three points attempted per game at just 30.4. They probably need that number to be at 40 if they really want to be competitive next season. And also, you're going to need to have guys that make those shots. Having shooters is about making teams pay to try and wall off Zion Williamson. And if you guys hit him enough, maybe it makes it just a little bit easier. And everyone is happy then. Or if they don't, and the shooters just continue to make these wide-open looks that they're going to get, great. So Zion... In the point Zion period, averaged 4.3 assists from January 29th on, but he had 7.8 potential assists. So that's shots that he, uh, it's passes he made to guys who shot the ball and missed. That's three and a half assists per game that he could have had more based on all of the driving he was doing, the kickouts and all of that stuff. And guys just weren't making it. You know, he's almost kind of at like 50% there. You need to get that number higher, and that's on other players to be able to convert those looks. So when the Pelicans look at this offseason, you need shooting. You're going to need guys, but they need to do more than just be spot-up shooters. You're going to need them to be able to contribute in other ways too, because at the end of games is when we saw this team struggle. When you know what? You're going to live with those other guys taking the shots, and when teams are going to do everything they can and throw bodies at Zion to deny him, you might not always create kick-out pass opportunities when they start doubling him in the high post at the free-throw line. You're going to need other guys that are shot makers. Not just spot-up shooters, but shot-makers, shot-creators for themselves. Guys, you can go and get their own, and the Pelicans really lack that. And so, when you look at this roster, you need to add more of it to the team if they want to win close games, because one of the biggest struggles they had was Zion just could not get anything going down the stretch. And look, B.I., despite what David Griffin says, hasn't been the most most clutch player for New Orleans. He's had moments here or there, but you don't need me to pull up his 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 per thirty, you know, his 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 clutch time numbers. They're not good. You can look them up yourself too, and maybe we'll devote a whole episode to that. I actually like that idea. Um, but you need guys that are going to be able to take some of the pressure off of Zion because it does become a little bit easier to defend him, at least right now, in those type of situations. And that's something the Pelicans cannot have happen. 
So adding more shooters around him like that, adding more guys who could just get their own shot and score quickly, I think is of the utmost importance when you look at building this roster out. But it also is great because the points on thing really works through the first 43 minutes of the game or so. And this is something that you can build around. So when you look for guys that you need to add to this team, is point guard the most pressing position? I mean, a little bit because Eric Bledsoe has not been good and you don't know what's going to happen with Lonzo Ball. But you can probably let that breathe just a little bit, but you'd like some depth there. But more importantly, you just need guys that are scorers that can go out and do their thing when teams ratchet down on Zion Williamson. Because there are limitations to all of this. When they just sell out to stop him, and you have guys that are going to make the opponent pay, well, the opponent's game plan was sound then. We don't want that to be the case. And I'm sure David Griffin doesn't want this to be the case, and the rest of the Pelicans front office doesn't want this to be the case. So you know they're looking at all of this, and I'm sure they are keenly aware of the areas that they need to add to the team. But shooting and scoring, absolutely one of the biggest things they really need to do. And that's all because we know Point Zion works. It's great that you figured that out. No more experimenting with what this team could use or anything like that. You have the clear blueprint for what works. Thank you, Stan Van Gundy, despite all of your flaws this past year, for figuring that out. And now it's on the front office in the offseason to go and execute it, whether it's free agency, the draft, or maybe the best way for the Pelicans to do it on the trade market. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. Don't forget, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from and check out the Locked On Today podcast, breaking down all things in the NBA playoffs. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts and also subscribe to Locked On Pelicans. Always, as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.